Welcome to the Better Part Podcast. I'm Jenna Scott, a wife, mom of seven, and most importantly, daughter of Christ. Jesus wants more for us than the chaos, comparisons, and confusion of this modern life. Let's grow toward Him as we journey through motherhood together. Hello, hello. Welcome back. I'm so glad you're here. Thanks for coming back to this episode. I'm so excited to talk to you. So excited to be here with you and um, excited to record this for the second time because, you know, I normally test my mic before I begin these episodes. And now I know why, because I just recorded a full episode and it's completely mute. I just must have muted the mic. I don't know why and how I did that, but I did. So here I am back at it. I, it's got to mean that this episode is going to be like 10 times better, right? Because I had a nice little practice round. Now I'm ready. I'm ready to talk to you. So I hope it's great. I'm so glad that you're here. I hope your day is going great. I am just really delighted to get to speak with you on prayer in general. But to be honest, I've been very nervous about this episode in particular. When I was first writing out kind of like the outline of what was going to happen in the series, this was the episode I was most nervous about. I'm like, how am I going to talk about contemplative prayer? And I think I just feel like very unworthy because uh, anytime I've heard about contemplative prayer, I feel like it's from super holy people, people I look up to a lot that know so much more that are seem like they have it so much more together than I do. But um, in reality, I've brought these fears and concerns to the Lord, and he has been so gracious and has given me so many things in prayer to share with you. So although, guys, I don't know, I'm not anyone special, I am so grateful that he wants to speak to you, and he's given me some things to share with you. So who knows? You know, maybe there's something in this episode that he gave specifically just for you. So I'm hopeful. I'm really hopeful about that. I'm really excited now because it feels like he's breathed all of this out. Like I didn't have anything to say before he gave it to me. So I'm excited to talk to you. So um, contemplative prayer, what we're going to do just because this is a little bit more of a slippery, it's a little bit more of a like hard to grasp concept of prayer. Um, we're going to kind of talk about what it is, then we're going to talk about why, why we want to try to have contemplative prayer. And then we're going to talk some about how to do it. Okay. And the reality is that when we are trying to wait on God's response for anything, like there are a lot of factors going in there. Um, sometimes it's really easy to hear his voice and sometimes it's hard. And in the next episode, we are going to talk about kind of ebbs and flows in the spiritual life. Every relationship has ebbs and flows. And why that happens, what that looks like. We're going to talk about all those things in the next episode. So although we're going to say, quote unquote, how to have contemplative prayer today, it's possible that you can be really working at this and still have trouble hearing God's voice in it. And that's okay. We're going to talk about why, but you know, maybe a little bit of troubleshooting next week. But for now, we're just going to go through what is it? Why do we want contemplative prayer? And then how are we going to try to do it? So first, what is contemplative prayer? Woo, that was a big preface. What is contemplative prayer? Well, we've talked about vocal and meditative prayer. Both of those are a little bit more like our actions, what we are bringing, right? We are bringing praise. We are bringing our own contrition to God in vocal prayer. And meditation, we're really trying to focus our heads on something given to us, maybe 
a verse from the Bible or a picture of Jesus or something. We're really trying to focus ourselves and we're trying to get there, okay? And it's something that we work at, we get better at through discipline and through just our own routines, right? Now, contemplative prayer is a lot less of our action and it's really more God's action. It's really us trying to open ourselves to what the Lord wants to say to us in prayer. It's really more of us listening and him speaking. So that is what contemplative prayer is. Hard to do, guys. Sometimes it's really hard to do. So why do we do this? Why are we trying to gain this intimacy? Why are we trying to put so much time and effort into our prayer lives so we can have this? First of all, I mean, the biggest reason, first of all, is because Jesus is real. (laughs) Jesus is real and he is so good. Like, guys, it's just like, it's unfathomable to me. The Lord is everything. I mean, he is the beginning and the end. He existed before anything existed and will continue on forever. All right. He, if you can imagine with me for a second, imagine the planet, like earth in general. It's huge, right? Like we haven't gone to all of it. You haven't gone to all of it. I bet. I have not. (laughs) It's so big. Now picture the sun, which is so much bigger than the earth. Picture our galaxy with all the stars in it, all the planets, massive space. Like we can't even imagine it. And guys, there are other galaxies. Like God has made this huge universe that we don't even understand. It's so huge. And more just, it goes on and on past anything we can ever even understand or discover. And yet... He decided to come to earth because he saw us, guys, tiny little ants, like nothing. He saw us and he saw us struggling. He saw us in need. He saw us fighting and with anxiety and depression. He saw us sinning and hurting each other. And he said, I want to come personally to them. So the first reason that we want to have some kind of relationship with this person is because one, he is so good. He is so great. He cares about us and he wants our hearts. He wants to speak to us. And this is just crazy. This is crazy. And so this is so big. Like, I mean, take advantage of this, right? (laughs) Like if just like the king of everything wants to talk to you, then we want to listen, right? We want that. That's crazy. He is good. He is real. And he wants good things for us. So the second reason he wants good things for us. I was just recently, like this just popped into my brain, y'all. Like this crazy verse. This is Jesus speaking at the end of Mark in Mark 16. This is right before he ascends to heaven. He says, go into the whole world and proclaim the gospel to every creature. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. Whoever does not believe will be condemned. These signs will accompany those who believe. So he's like, this is how you're going to know if they actually believe. In my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak new languages. They will pick up serpents with their hands. And if they drink anything deadly, they will not, it will not harm them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. That's crazy, guys. I'm like, oh, shoot. Like, (laughs) I haven't touched any dangerous snakes lately. (laughs) Like, he wants to do good things for us. Like, I think so often, I mean, I find this, but I bet you do too. I can get caught up in the mediocrity of normal life. 
where I am just following my daily routine. I'm trying to get my kids to their practices. I'm just like barely keeping up with their schoolwork, like trying to, you know, I'm just kind of trucking along doing my thing. And I'm not even realizing that God has extraordinary things for me. He wants so much more for me. He wants heaven for me. He doesn't want me just like trudging along, just living my life like nothing is different. Like there is no heaven. There is no hell. He wants something more for me. Okay. And he wants something more for you. So that's the second reason why we try to listen to him because he wants good things for me. And I think I find this myself. You might too. I can get a little nervous. Like when I'm trying to attempt to hear his voice, I can get nervous that he's going to, one, condemn me like, Jenna, you are not nearly worthy of me, (laughs) which is like true. I'm not nearly worthy, but it's a total lie that he would speak to me in that way. But two, I'm nervous that he's going to call me to something really hard. Like, do you remember there's a, there's like a rich man who comes up to Jesus when, I, I don't even know where it's at. I didn't look it up, but a rich man comes up and it's like, how am I going to get salvation? And Jesus says, well, you know, the commandments, follow the commandments. And he's like, yeah, I've done that. You know, like I'm, I'm doing that. I got it. And he says, okay, now you need to sell everything you have and follow me. And it says he was really sad because he had a lot of things. Right. And I think that I get nervous. Like if I come to Jesus, what if he asks me to like sell everything I own and go live on the streets? <laughs> and I'm like, ooh, <laughs> a little nervous about that. <laughs> what if he calls me to leave all my friends and go find another community that I can pour into instead of being poured into by like my best friends that I love? I'm nervous about that, right? What if he calls me to something crazy and it's hard? What if I can't do it? So sometimes it's easy for me to not want to listen or not want to even go to go there to where I can listen to him because I'm like, oh, what if he's going to call me to something crazy? But let me tell you my experience. All right. This is my experience. God can say whatever he wants to any of us. But most often when I come with those feelings... And I come to him and I'm like, Lord, I'm tired. I'm scared of what you're going to ask me. But, you know, here I am. I'm trying. Here I am. If you want to tell me to do something crazy, I'm going to try my best to be open to it. Right. I come to him. And you know what he often says to me? Jenna, you need a rest. (laughs) You need a break. I can tell you're tired. (laughs) Like he's already given me the gift of my children and my family. And this is my own experience, guys. He's already put things on my heart that I'm trying hard for and I'm working on. And he's like, so often when I come to him like that and I'm scared about what he's going to ask me, he's like, I got this. Rest in me. Let me take care of you. And I think oftentimes he does that for those of us who are tired and weary, right? He speaks about those who are tired. He speaks about those who are in need. And he wants to care for you. He's not scary. He's not going to ask you to do something that is not what's absolutely best. And you know what? If he did ask me to sell my house, I bet there's a really good reason for it. Right? I bet that there's a really beautiful fruit that would come from that. There would be a reason for it. And if he wants me to do that, 
and he has some grand reason for it, gosh, I want to do it. I want to do it because I want that extraordinary life. I want that beyond mediocrity. I want that bigger life that he wants to give me, not just trucking along in our daily lives, right? So first reason he's real, he's good. The second reason he wants good things for us. Um, the third reason it's good for us to listen. He says in James 1.19 that like he wants us to be slow to speak, quick to listen, slow to anger, right? Anger does not prove righteousness. He wants us to be able to listen. I want to be the kind of person who listens. And then the fourth reason that we might attempt contemplative prayer is that when we practice and we get to know his voice, if we allow ourselves to be quiet enough so we hear his voice, we start to learn what he sounds like. And I don't know about you, but in my life, I have so many questions. I don't know what I'm doing. Like 99.9% of the time, (laughs) I'm like attempting my daily life and I'm like, what am I doing? Like, I don't know what to do next. I don't know how to do this. How do I handle parenting? How do I handle I homeschool? How do I handle this schooling thing? What do I do in this relationship that's tricky? Like, how do I handle this? And you know what? When I am in a place where I am regularly hearing his voice, it's a lot easier for me to go to a place where I can ask him a question like, Jesus, how am I supposed to handle this conversation with this person that I'm nervous about? And he guides me and my ear is attuned enough to hear him and to understand him, right? Like he says, my sheep know me. They know my voice. Do you remember in Samuel, this was just in a gospel reading in a mass recently, if you're um, going to Catholic mass, but in first Samuel, Samuel as a kid, he's learning from the high priest Eli and he's going to become the priest, right? And God is calling out to him and he says, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel goes to Eli. He's like, yeah, you called me. It's like the middle of the night. He's like, what? And it says before then, it says God hadn't really spoken to Samuel before. Samuel didn't really know his voice. So Samuel's hearing God speak to him, but he doesn't really, he doesn't really know, right? He, He didn't know the Lord that well. He was learning about the Lord, but he didn't know him intimately. And that might be where you're at. You might know a lot about your faith. You might know your Bible front to back. But if you don't know Jesus's voice to you, it's going to be hard to hear him when he calls you. And it's going to be hard to understand him when you ask him a question, right? And so eventually Eli's like realizes, oh, Samuel's hearing God's voice. He's like, oh, actually, Samuel, that's God. (laughs) That's God talking to you. Don't come to me. You know, go back to sleep. If God calls you, then say, speak, you know, your servant's listening. And that was the beginning of Samuel and God's intimate relationship. He started being able to, from then on, it says he knew what God was saying to him. He could hear what God was saying and God graced him in that everything Samuel said happened, right? He became a great prophet. So that's the fourth reason. When we know his voice, we understand him and it's easier later in our lives. Now, okay, how do we do this? So we talked about what it is. We talked about why we want contemplative prayer. How do we achieve this? And The reality is that God is the one who's going to speak, but I'm going to give you some thoughts about how to get there to quiet your voice enough so that you can listen for him. Now, we kind of set ourselves up well because we talked about meditation in the last podcast. Now, if you're meditating regularly, that's a really good spot. You're creating, you're tilling a fertile ground 
for God to speak and for him to plant his words in you, right? So by meditating, by learning to slow yourself down and focus in, these things help a ton, okay? So if you're getting to a place where you are meditating regularly, you can slow yourself down. You can focus for a solid amount of time on just Jesus. That's going to be a good atmosphere for God to speak to you. So first thing, try to work on your meditation, okay? Now, um, a second thing that I would say, this is like maybe more practical. I hope it's helpful to you. This is how I first was able to understand contemplative prayer. This is like me in college really working at like, how do I shut off my brain, stop my thoughts so that I can actually hear God's voice? All right. And this is how I did it. And I'll use an example from my daily life now. This is the other day. This was God like, he was like, this is it. This is how you do contemplative prayer <laughs> for me. This is how I, Jenna, personally do contemplative prayer. So I was schooling with my kindergartner we're working on math, right? She's in like a little, it's she's doing like an older math, right? So, you know, if you don't have a kindergartner doing this, or maybe you have a kindergartner doing something deeper than this, I don't know. But she's working on like um, two digit subtraction, but like an easy two digit subtraction. So she was doing an example would be like 56 minus 23, right? And I'm watching her as she tries to do it. She's like, okay, the ones, you know, she's thinking, okay, six minus three is three. And then she writes down three. Okay. And then she goes, okay, the tens, five minus two is, and it's taking her forever, guys. <laughs> it's taking her forever. Five minus two. In my head, I'm like, three, it's three, Feli, come on. <laughs> but she's thinking about it, right? She's like, five minus two. She's silent. And I'm just on the edge of my seat. I find myself holding my breath. I'm just like waiting for her waiting for her to say three. And I'm silent. And I realized my brain is silent at that time because I'm just waiting. I'm just eagerly waiting for her to say three. And eventually she's three and I'm like, ah, <laughs> finally let out my breath, right? Okay. That is how I first began contemplative prayer. Think about when you're talking to someone and they pause. They're like just about to say <laughs> they're just about to say something. Did you hear that gap? That gap, you know, they're just about to say something and you're waiting and you're not thinking because you're just trying to listen, right? You're ready to hear that word, that next word they're about to say. Think of that. Okay. Now in conversation with someone normally, that's only like a second or two that we're waiting, right? But see if you can extend that out. Sit there with the Lord in meditation. Get to a place where you're meditating on him. And then wait. Wait and listen. As if he's just about to say something. As if you just saw his lips part. They were just about to speak to you. And you're waiting. And that silence is where he can... That's where you're going to hear his voice. Well... I mean, you can hear his voice anyway, right? Like God can speak to you anytime, any place, right? Like you think of like Saul, right? In the New Testament, he's he's going around, he's on his horse, he's going like, hey, let's go kill some some Christians. I don't know, you know, let's get out there. And he strikes Saul with lightning and he speaks to him and Saul hears his voice, right? So he can certainly do that. I hope you don't get struck by lightning, but he can do that to you. He can speak to you no matter where you are. However... If you get to a place of silence, oftentimes God and the Holy Spirit are speaking 
in this quiet voice, this whisper, and you have to quiet yourself down in order to receive it. So if you can get to that place where you're just listening, you might be able to start hearing from it. Okay, now in that moment, you might hear something and you might not. But an example that St. Teresa of Calcutta, you know, Mother Teresa said, someone asked her a long time ago, what is prayer to you? And she said, you know what? My prayer, I just, I look at Jesus and he looks at me and we smile at each other. And that's my prayer. Sometimes that's what contemplative prayer is. And honestly, isn't that the best? Like you can just sit there and stare at Jesus and he can stare at you and smile at you. Like so amazing, right? So that might be what it is. You might just be envisioning Jesus and he might in reality show himself to you in a deeper way. Like that's how he often speaks to me because I am so not visual guys. Like my brain, if I close my eyes, I cannot picture anything. It is black. Like I cannot, that's just not an ability I have. It's actually like a legit thing. What is it called? I think it's called aphantasia. You could look it up, but you lit- I cannot picture things. Like I'm not visual. I can't see things in my head. So that's actually like total gift because that I can't picture things because sometimes in contemplative prayer, when I'm sitting there listening, suddenly Jesus will appear to me in a vision. He will legitimately show himself to me. And that is so cool because I've never done that before. And I'm like, what? There you are. (laughs) And like, it's not something I can produce myself. If I tried right now to close my eyes, like maybe he'd choose to show himself, but I couldn't make it happen on my own. Like it's really something he does. So he, he might just appear to you and that's it. Smile at you. That might be the message, you know, or he might give you a word. Maybe something comes to your heart that you didn't produce. Like this isn't a thought that you were coming up with or you had in your head. Like it just came to you, right? So he might come to you and that I would say, sit with that as long as you possibly can and then write it down afterwards. So you remember what Jesus said to you or what he revealed to you. Okay. So that's, that's your contemplative prayer, but I'm going to give you one very important warning. And we're going to talk a little bit more about this in the next episode too. It's really important when you are trying this to test all you receive. Now, I believe that you are probably like a beautiful Christian woman and you are in a good state of grace and that God wants to speak to you and you're ready to hear it. However, there are evil spirits too. Okay. And we also just have our own thoughts that can kind of creep in there. Okay. So really anytime you hear it, anytime you hear something that might be from the Lord, you need to test it a little bit. Okay. Now, Jesus is never going to be contrary to himself. If you hear something that's different than what you've heard in the Bible, you know it's wrong, right? Like that wasn't Jesus because he's not going to contradict himself. All right. Um, There are many verses that talk about it. I'm going to read you from 1 John 4 verse 1. It says, beloved, trust every spirit, but test the spirits. I'm sorry. It says, do not (laughs) trust. Sorry, beloved, do not trust every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they belong to God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. And this is how you can know the spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges Jesus Christ come in flesh belongs to God. And every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus does not belong to God. Okay, so it should not be contrary to Jesus Christ. You should be able to speak to Jesus freely with whatever you're hearing, right? Now, another way Jesus alludes to this, and now I'm like forgetting exactly where it was, but um, maybe Mark 7, 
maybe. Um, but he says, test it by the fruits, right? We test things by their fruits. So if you are feeling more joy, more peace, all the fruits of the spirit, right? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. If you're feeling more of those, then that is likely from the spirit. If you're feeling uneasiness, confusion, things like that from whatever you're hearing, reject it. That is not God. Okay. So test if you're hearing anything in a deep period of meditation and prayer, then you need to test it and make sure it's from the Lord before you're like, okay, this is law. God's speaking to me. Right. So test it. And then if it's true, keep what is good and then let go of everything else. Right. That's in first Thessalonians. Take what is good and then let go of whatever else. So take what is good, write it down, remember it, thank God for it, okay? And then let go of anything else you hear. Okay, so this is already a super long episode. I'm sorry it's so long. These are long because there's so much goodness that God wants to give us, but I hope that they're useful to you anyway. And thank you for sticking with me. I hope that this is something that you can bring into your life. And next week, we're going to talk about the ebbs and flows that we sometimes find. Okay, so thank you for being here. I can't wait to see you again next week. Okay, bye. Thank you so much again for being here today. If you know of anyone who could gain from this episode, would you please share it with them? You never know how God might be calling you to bring someone else closer to him. I'd also just love it if you came back, so please subscribe to this podcast and join me for future episodes. And until then, may God bless you.